what is non-dual devotion? Yeah. That's non-dual cool. devotion is is everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything and nothing. Well, we can we can come to that uh that exploration. Everything and nothing is a is a more uh popular way of pointing to a certain aspect of it. Um it's really just the devotion to truth above all else, which means the devotion to God above all else, which means the devotion to love mm. above all else. And the love that I'm, I'm speaking of is perfect love. So it's not a love that is transactional. It's not a love that moves from here to there. It's a love that's all encompassing and has no opposite. Mm -hmm. Unconditional unconditional yeah perfect love i've never heard it put like that i like that though perfect love so from an outside point of view what does this perfect love look like you know to, to see you embody this perfect love this unconditional love how would it look like as a physical manifestation in your body you know sure well, the the thing about perfect love is that it is not uh, in form. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So everything that we seem to perceive is uh, a symbol or a reflection of a thought in our mind. Yeah. The truth of our mind is is perfect love. So this dream is a dream of forgetting that perfect love, a dream of um, believing that we have left perfect love. Mm -hmm. And that's where all of the forms seem to come from, we could say. Uh, this doesn't mean that they're really here, but these appearances are the product of believing that we have left this perfect love. Yeah. So the ideas that we have about love here uh if we want to speak about it like that i don't want to imply that this is a place but the idea is that we have about love in the dream of there being uh, a planet or you know a conscious experience of of being human are ideas that come from this basic split in the mind that is based in the belief that love has been lost yeah, that love has been sacrificed and and we all unconsciously have this core belief that we sacrificed this perfect love that we left it and we all feel uh very very guilty about this now this is uh unconscious so it's not like we're walking around saying oh yes i feel like i left perfect love and I feel very, very guilty about it, right? Yeah. Um, as you know, if you stop anyone on the street and say, do you feel like you left perfect love? The likelihood is they're going to say no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's the way that we set the dream up. We set the dream up so that we would not remember this sense of having left love because it is that uh, painful. Yeah. It is that heartbreaking, if you will the sense that we um, messed up 
you know, our relationship with God uh, uh, is something that we don't want to look at. Now, when I say relationship with God, the concealed mind is going to jump to thinking of an individual in relationship with God. So like a body, it's going to have some sort of a body image that will come to mind when I say even the term relationship, because how can you have relationship without a body? I mean, yeah. that's how backwards the thinking of the world is, right? When, when, we, when we set this thing up, we basically turned our mind inside out and upside down. So we believe that we flipped everything and now it seems impossible to conceive of relationship without a body, right? Without a, without a point of reference, without an individual sort of zone, you know, relating to another zone. But this relationship is a relationship of pure abstraction um, without limits. There's no, um, there's no spatial indicators and there's no temporal uh, sequences. Yeah. It's, it's pure abstract creation. Yeah. And that is true relationship. That's the only real relationship that there is. And that's our relationship as, as one mind, as one abstract mind with the mind within which we are extending. So these concepts are not graspable from a limited linear way of thinking. No, but they can be intuited, so you can sort of feel, as I'm speaking, there's something in you that already knows this, it remembers it. There's also something in you that doesn't want to remember it. <laughs> there's something in all of us that doesn't want to remember it, because it is something that does uh, require looking at this uh, guilt and fear and, and hatred that's in the unconscious. So I know you started with a question. I feel like I sort of went off on a little. I, th I think the answer's in there somewhere. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so does this devotion come from that intuitive wisdom that you mentioned? You know, does it, is it just, um, is it like this effortless devotion? And it's not even, I mean, I guess you could say devotion, right? But when I hear devotion, right, it almost is in a way relational. I mean, everything is relational, especially when it comes to language, but the, the term, like you devote yourself to something or somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Would you say it even this non-dual devotion transcends that relationship as well? Yeah, again, it's, 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 it's beginning to understand something as inherent, you know, rather than uh, additional. It, it's not as if you know, devotion is optional. We're all devoted. The question is, what is it that we're, we're devoted to? And in the context of this teaching, there's only two options. You know, there's only two thought systems. Yeah. And our devotion to the thought system of concealment or the thought system of separation or the thought system of individuation is unconscious. We don't recognize that we're devoted to that, right? Our devotion to the impossible is is evidenced by our seeing things that are not possible and hearing things that are not possible like a sound is not possible in reality um a body is not possible in reality 
you know, a microphone is not possible. These are all symbolic representations of one impossible thought. Yeah. And, and, you know, a body could only be possible if love had been left, if perfect love had been left, it, it, which means that that language, these words, um, all of the, 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 the various appearances that we seem to see could only be possible if we had left love. Yeah. But we didn't leave love. So this is like a thought that seems to be being relived over and over and over again. Yeah. It, it was immediately corrected the second that it entered our mind. Right. So we, we seem to have fallen asleep. Yeah. And seen this scene or this picture of this one idea of impossibility reflected as what seems to be a fractaline display of multiplicity. And in this same instant, the memory of the truth that that's impossible shone forth in our mind, right? So everything was this, this one idea and all of its constituent parts and, and, and pieces and, and, you know, bifurcated differentiations were instantaneously corrected and, and revealed as impossible, seen as nothing. But we seem to be reliving the idea that it's possible over and over and over again, kind of like a time loop movie. You know, have you ever seen Groundhog Day? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of those movies where the same day is happening over and over and over again, but we call it like a different day. We say like months are passing um, or, you know, years are passing, but th that's not happening. It's just the same instant being relived over and over and over again until we choose again. Hmm. Wow, man. Yeah. That sounds a little nightmarish, right? So what is the... Uh, <laughs> <right? laughs> well, we're on the right track. I mean, the nightmarish part of it, you know, is the sense of angst that comes from believing that we've actually created a meaningless world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we're, we're, we're constantly trying to find meaning uh, in a meaningless world or make a meaningless world meaningful to cover up this sense of uh, upset. Like we're all upset about the same thing, but we make up these reasons why we're upset. Um, and we put these perceptual, uh, you know, appearances there to, to enforce our false reasoning and say like, I'm upset because you said this, or I'm upset because my car broke down, or I'm upset because, uh, I don't know, my hair doesn't look the way that I would like for it to look, or I'm upset because my grandmother died, or I'm upset because of this, but it's, it's not that we're all mourning an imaginary loss, right? And we're, we're seemingly surrounded by the evidence of the loss of what we all truly care about. Mm -hmm. And the evidence is a world of form, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> hmm. Do you feel as though this loss was almost necessary in, I guess, the plan, if you want to call it the plan, the order, 
of our just the, the the fact that we have incarnation and awareness and almost like a uh, a next step in the evolutionary process of this this plan as in like you know picture like this we we came from the one the void the brahman god whatever you want to call it the oneness that sense of oneness that we that we feel that we feel that we've lost separated into this multitude billions of people um and we we lost track of that through that through that through that kind of physical evolution we lost track of our origin point right the source so do you feel as though like this is a a next step like a next stage where we return back to that oneness yet with that sense of separateness simultaneously and that's essentially love yeah so there's there's a couple points there so the the whole idea that we sort of developed this sense of separation through evolution is a part of the mind being turned inside out. That's a part of covering up this uh, this guilt that's in the unconscious. Now, when I speak about the unconscious, I'm I'm speaking on uh, a metaphysical level. So there's only one of us. Like there's only one mind. So like right now, I can see that I'm you, right? And and I'm speaking to myself, right? The 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 mind that that believed that is separated from its source, right? And then from that belief appeared to splinter or fragment into what seems to be uh, a variegated display of perception. Yeah. So it's not as if the and the stars, the sun, the planets, these are all a part of the same thought, the ego. They're not there, and then we evolve on them, right? That's backwards, yeah? So we put the stars there, we put the suns there, we put the planets there, right? As one mind that fell asleep to the truth of itself, yeah? And now is dreaming this bifurcated display of differentiation as a substitutive concealment where we are attempting to substitute for what we believe we lost on the one hand, meaning look at this vast universe, look at the complexity of it, look at the possibilities that are available to us as individuated beings. Yeah. And then on the other hand, the we're running away from uh, the truth. Yeah. And very often, our running away from the truth is disguised as looking for the truth or discovering the truth. So, for instance, like science, if we understand, you know, we look at science and we see, okay, there's this idea of scientific discoveries, right? Um, we're... You know, I don't know. We have certain machines or labs or I don't know what, what kind of laws, things we laws think. Of physics. Yeah, those kinds of things. And we're, I don't know, going deep into pieces of wood or something and finding yeah. out. We think we're finding stuff out, right? And so then we're like, yeah, you know, this is okay. We're getting closer. But it's just an endless game. Like you can, there will never be an end to that approach to science i mean obviously in quantum 
physics and quantum mechanics, you're getting, you know, closer to understanding the hologram of the illusion where you just understand that it's just a, it's just a holographic field, right? That is appearing in a certain way. But that holographic field can seemingly continue to collapse ad infinitum, right? Mm -hmm. Into various replications of one idea of one thought, right? Because this thought is a thought of impossibility. And then there seems to be a, a, a so-called infinite uh, potentiality of impossible possibilities. So like a microphone could appear, you know, to be silver, black, it could appear to be, you know, you could, there could be like seemingly endless iterations or variations of this microphone thought. Yeah. Which the microphone thought is, is, is itself a variation of the thought of broken communication, right? Why does there even need to be a microphone? Why do we even need mouths? Why do we even need words? Why does there even need to be bodies? Because we believe unconsciously that true communication, which is creation, which is abstract and without form, without perception, has been lost. So this is a substitutive uh, attempt at communication, right? Now, within the context of the dream, the corrective principle, the Holy Spirit, the revealing principle, right? That that instant of correction that is already done, yeah, took what we made to conceal and used it to reveal. Mm-hmm. Took what we made to hide and used it to expose. Took what we made to uh, run away from and used it to bring us back to, right? So in our mind, there's really only two thoughts and we're, we're seemingly always choosing between these two thoughts. One of the thoughts says that we're in a world, we're in a, in a body, we're in space, we're in time, and we have lots of decisions. We have lots of choices in form mm-hmm. and that they matter. Like the choices that I make in form matter. They're meaningful. That's the thought of madness, right? The other thought is the memory that we, there are no decisions in form. Mm -hmm. We have no choices in form. Yeah. So we're in between the two. We're the one that seems to be either choosing the one or the other. Yeah. The part of our mind that's dreaming this dream. And there's only one of us dreaming this dream, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The part of our mind that's dreaming this dream seems to be choosing either what I call the what if thought, you know, which is the what if I could experience something more than everything. All of this also comes, uh, is spoken about in A Course in Miracles. So Jesus's uh, course, you know, contains these metaphysics and this understanding, but I speak from the direct realization of it. I'm speaking from the memory of it right now. You can feel that. So I'm not just repeating something out of a book. So we're either choosing this what if thought um, over and over and over again, or we're willing to be wrong about that 
and we're choosing again and we're choosing the what is thought mm -hmm. and these could be called the ego and the holy spirit they could be called uh, concealment and revealment you know we could we could call them projection and correction but we're always making a decision either for projection or correction yeah i like that yeah that's good so do you would you say that yes we we choose at any given moment the projection or correction which that's mm -hmm. really good i'm going to remember that one there's still the projection right there's still this even though i know you're me i'm you and the listener there's still the there's still the show right so would you say that with this realization of the the simple fact that we have the choice it's like you play your part a little bit differently effortlessly with that with that knowing of the correction into the projection you know what i'm getting at yeah i think i can feel what you're saying definitely so all conflict comes from the from the sense that we have choices to make right um options we could just say that conflict and options are synonymous you know? so in that sense we could also say conflict and levels are synonymous um so what this is is a great simplification you know the the ego is a is a great complexification yeah and i say that it's great not to sort of you know make it seem like it's something because it's nothing but in the sense of it presents itself as a complex diversification of conscious potentiality that seems to be endlessly collapsing in cycles of planetary emergence you know you know uh, collective evolutions you know just you know various displays of um conscious experience perceptual conscious experience dimensionality potentiality right infinite planes dimensions domains seeming infinite planes dimensions domains and uh they're all based in beginnings middles and endings they're all comparative yeah. they're all uh in this sense competitive in regard to the the possibility of there being uh differences mm -hmm. and it is uh, just a big soup of conflict mm -hmm. mm. yeah um but we're very when we first start to get into this stuff right when we first start to wake you know when the mind starts to wake up yeah in the dream and there's a we can talk about that too the difference between waking up in the dream and waking up from the dream because that's an important distinction but when when we first start to wake up in the dream yeah it's like we're waking up to the oneness of the dream right yep. but see because we were we concealed the power of our mind and we're we, we trained ourselves you could say in littleness um it seems like wow you know everything's connected like you know it, it it's just it's very much like if in in your dream at night right you started to see okay wow this is all made of the same stuff like it's all made of the same dream stuff you know what i mean so like it's not like there's really a table the table and the keyboard are both made of the same dream stuff right the body and the table are both made of the same dream stuff yeah 
the headphones and the lights are both made of this. Everything's made of the same dream stuff. So we get into sort of like an, like a kind of like a pseudo oneness, right? Where, and this is, and it's, and it's very, very nice when we first realize it because it's a part of waking up in the dream. I call it pseudo to, to, to sort of dramatically emphasize the point that it's not true oneness. It's not the reality that's prior to perception. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And that's an important point. Because what we really want is to wake up in God totally. All of us want that, right? Whether we know it or not. Yeah. So we don't want to sell ourselves short, right? And 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 recognizing that every all illusions are one is not going to bring us true satisfaction, right? Because then we just end up with recognizing, okay, there's only one illusion. But how in the world did this illusion get here? What's the point? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You see. So this is where we have to begin to understand there was a motivation behind the projection of this illusion. Yeah. Mm. And the motivation behind it is the concealment of guilt. Yeah. Mm. On an abstract level. That means not the guilt that we experience like in 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 any situation is that same guilt, right? But it's falsely associated with perceptual appearances, meaning that we, um, the, the, the whole point of the perceptual appearances, like that's the reason why there are specifics. Okay. The only reason why there, why there seems to be specifics is so we could see guilt, fear, and hatred in specifics. That's the only reason. Mm -hmm. God did not create specifics. Hmm. So the point was so that we could see the specifics, we could see the separation. Yeah. So we could see, okay, like, look, oh, I'm guilty because I just did this as a body, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or they're guilty because they did that as a body, right? Um, I'm angry because of that facial expression, right? Mm -hmm. Because of what that tone of voice that you use, just use with me. Right? Those are all specifics, right? I'm afraid because of the way that you're looking right now. Mm -hmm. That scares me, right? We are never, ever afraid because of those things. We are never, ever guilty because of those things. And we are never, ever angry because of those things. That's all a cover-up job. It's a big cover-up job, right? That we played on ourselves. No one else did it, right? We hoodwinked ourselves into believing, right, that guilt anger and fear have to do with these specifics, right? That's why the specifics are were even made, right? Because God didn't create this world, right? Mm. Unconsciously, we all know that, right? God, God's not insane. God doesn't have an unconscious. God doesn't need to see a psychiatrist, right? <laughs> this world is just a big, you know, demonstration of a need for healing yeah and god doesn't need healing but god doesn't create that which needs healing god creates like itself right apple trees come apples come from apple trees oranges come from orange trees you know it, it's 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 sunlight comes from the sun not non-sunlight non-sunlight doesn't come from the sun mm. We're going deep here. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, good. so would you say that these 
these representations are needed so that we could know God? Like we need to no. know what, what isn't God to know what is God? No, 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 no. So what's the point, man? You know, you said there's a point and there's a motivation. So the motivation is to conceal the guilt. That's the motivation. There is no divine motivation behind the appearances. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the motivation was to hide, right? To turn our face away in shame and guilt and to seem to see, right? We turned our face away, figuratively speaking, of course, right? As an abstract mind, yeah. And look down into this little thought and see what seems to be this complex diversification of consciousness. I mean, consciousness is the projection. Right? Consciousness is the concealment. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, that's actually, that's pretty far out. Yeah. Is it a needed concealment though? So you'd say, no, it's not, it's not, we don't need to conceal it, but. Well, actually what I would say is that everything that we've been talking about never actually happened. So even the specifics, the concealment, none of it occurred, mm -hmm. but <laughs> the power of our mind is so great, right? Our mind is so powerful that just through considering just for a, an instant, and it's not even even a measurement in, t in time, but just for a split sliver, right, of an instant, just a brief little consideration, what if, right? just that one little what if seemed to project this vast illusion, <laughs> right, instantaneously, and it was instantaneously immediately corrected. Now this is on a on a on a larger metaphysical level. We're not used to this when we first, even when we first wake up, right? Okay, so let's say if you if the first the initial awakening in the dream is usually going to be no self with the lowercase s, right? That's going to be like what's characteristically the initial awakening. So I see there's no person, you know, there's no people. As a as a more popular form, why is it popular? Because it's the initial shift, right? That's why it's popular, and because it's happening more often now than in our recorded history. And so now you have, you know, a lot of YouTube non-duality speakers speaking from the initial shift. Mm. And we are so deceived, self-deceived, that we think that, uh, you know, like, oh, yes, we're going to arrive. Like, you know, seeing that there's no self is, the, is, is it. Like, that's, that's, it. The, yeah. that's the end all be all, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, that's all there is to it. You know what I mean? And we've, and, and we've trained ourselves in that, you know what I mean? It's through certain methodical repetitions and, and, uh, you know, hopes and, and, and dreams. Like when I see there's no one here, then I'm going to have a wonderful human life. Right. Uh, because the only problem was the sense that there was a person here. Yeah. But that's a, that's really irrelevant and meaningless. The, the whole, the whole reason that there seemed to be a person there, right. And that there seems to be a body there, right? Is because there was a guilt there, right? Mm -hmm. So we think, oh, well, if I don't feel like a person, I'm not going to feel guilt. That's backwards. Uh. We the, the body is born, if you will, out of the attempt to conceal this 
ontological guilt. Mm -hmm. The person is a cover-up, right? So seeing through it is a is just one step in the process. I mean, it's a it's an aspect of the process, yeah, of awakening in the dream, yeah. But then you get into just a, a you know, um, you have to start to look at the different, you know, attempts at avoidance from that from from that point. You know, the avoidance of what the avoidance of looking at what we think is going to uh, be the most unbearable thing that we could ever see. Yeah. Mm. And that is this original ontological error in the mind. The asking of what if? Yes. Wow. Like like okay, so we're 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 the perfect creation of God, right? We're we're just perfect. We're <laughs> we're it's it's not, you know, <laughs> when I say we, don't be mistaken cuz I'm only speaking about <laughs> just me and you. Just nobody else. <laughs> Well, well, I mean, I, even when I say we, and I'm not even talking about like a like a like a group. I'm I'm talking yeah. about the one mm-hmm. mind that's dreaming this dream, you know, and that's what I'm speaking to right now. You know, I'm not speaking to bodies. Speaking to yourself. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The part of myself that seems to be asleep and dreaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And and this thought arises, and the thought is basically like, what would it be like to experience something more than everything? So, are you familiar with uh, the 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 myth or the story of Lucifer? Uh, yeah, a little bit. So Lucifer was in in the story that we made up to 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 put it out there because remember everything in the dream is a symbol of what's in the unconscious. So. You know, Satan and Lucifer are our, we made them up. They're our imaginations, right? So are all forms of so-called darkness and also the forms of so-called light that are sort of in contrast with or sort of, you know, sort of, you know, dualistically uh, opposed in that, in that split dream. But in the story, you know, there's certain variations of it, I'm sure, I mean, you know, you can go down endless roads with all of the esoteric, uh, <laughs> you know, books and stuff and all that kind of stuff. But um, the basic gist of it is, is that Lucifer is like the highest archangel, right? He's he's the, you know, the light bringer, the highest archangel, yeah. And that's not good enough for him. Yeah. He's a creation of God, right? But he thinks, I can be God. I can be my own God. I can do this better than God. Mm. And as soon as he has that thought, there's the story, then he falls, you know, okay. So this is a, a, a symbolic representation. We made this story up, right? To see what we believe we did yeah, out there, right? Yeah. In another being. That also gives us a, a a sample of the basic nature of all experience, the attempt to see what we believe with, is within without. Right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Look at that uh, 
Look what they did to them. Look at the victims. Look at the perpetrators. Look at how they're being abusive. Look at how, you know, this, that, and the other. Look at how this teacher failed. Look at how he fell. You know, look at this. Look at that. Right. All the while, we're just affirming attack in our mind. We have no idea. Right. We think we're escaping it. Like we feel, we feel better when we see something out there happening. Like, look how they got busted. Look how they're, you know, they messed up. And this is just as simple as like a conversation in your kitchen. Look what you just did. Look what you just said. Mm -hmm. That Look how that's making me feel, right? But then on a collective level, obviously, you know what I mean? That's what's, you know, glued to the screen to see who's, who's failing, who's going to fail, right? Where's the next failure? Where's the next catastrophe? Because if it's happening out there, it's not happening here. And that's all I want to see. I want to see the failures out there. I want to see the catastrophes, right? But I'm going to act like, oh God, I can't bear to see that. I hate to see that, right? Huh? Mm -hmm. Then why do you see it? Nobody sees anything that they don't want to see. We only see what we want to see. Perception is a wish fulfilled, right? Chintamani, that's what the, in the, in the Eastern traditions, they refer to the field as a wish-fulfilling gym. Right? Conscious experience is a wish fulfilled. Nobody experiences anything that they don't want to experience. But the dream is that we experience everything we don't want to experience. Why is this happening to me? Because then we get to be the victim. And we're not responsible. So it's almost like we're all masochists in that way because it's like we want to be the victim. Yes. In that sense, the e our allegiance to the ego makes it seem like that. We're really the Christ. We're really the truth. I mean, we're really perfect love. That's what we really are. But this, this small part of our mind that appears to be dreaming this dream, right? Because it's self-judged or self-accused or self-condemned, right? Yeah does seem to enjoy yes the punishment the 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 seeing of sin which is lack of love the seeing of lack of love out there right Shh. the only reason i see lack of love is because i'm looking for lack of love right yeah oh. wow man this is powerful <sighs> But see, this is the way to freedom because once we recognize this, then we can take responsibility. Yeah. Is this where the Holy Spirit comes in? This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit is, you know, we hear the term Holy Spirit and it's like, ah, you know, I don't know, Christian kind of terminology, right? That like, and I get it. I get the whole Christian terminology thing. Like we can use different terms for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit doesn't mind, I promise. <laughs> Holy Spirit's like, I want to be called the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Get my name right, son. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, revealing principle, you know, corrective principle. I like these two, you know, if that's what you need to sort of settle into it. But at the end of the day, it's like, if I've got a position around the term Holy Spirit, there's something I need to look at, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because there's something unforgiven there, right? Mm -hmm. And I can try to put it off on religion and say, oh yeah, you know, there's been all this abusive religion, misuse and all this stuff. And of course, I'm not responsible for that because it was out there and it was before I even got here, right? I wasn't even on the planet then, 
See, that's the whole trick, right? There was no world before you got here. <laughs> we, we made the whole thing up. The whole past and, and, and all of our historical narrative, right, is a part of our dream, right? So if I'm dreaming a world and I'm like, oh, yeah, in, my, in this world that I'm dreaming, look at what happened in the past <laughs> of my dream world. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, it's like I made that whole past up. I put the whole thing there. <laughs> you know the dinosaurs and everything so um it's just a big cover-up job but this is where the holy spirit comes in for sure because the holy spirit is what has already corrected this misperception so it's just whether we're denying the holy spirit and affirming the impossible right or we're denying the impossible and affirming the Holy Spirit or choosing the Holy Spirit. But denial and affirmation is the basic nature of experience. I'm either saying that something is real, and in, when I say that something is real uh, in, in, in reference to form or in reference to time, space, uh, individuality, separation, you know, variation, differentiation, whenever I'm believing it, it doesn't matter what I say really, right? <laughs> um, you know, you can say all kinds of things, but this is about authentic, earnest, mind training and really seeing you know what we're choosing to believe in in this instant not tomorrow not yesterday right right here yeah if i'm believing that the impossible is true then i'm believing that the possible is untrue mm. mm -hmm. and, I'm, and there's no compromise there i can't make them both work you know so that's like the whole absolute relative thing Psh, gone there's no way how are you going to say that the relative world is just as real as the absolute, right? I don't even use those terms for, for good reason because those terms are exhausted within the attempt to try to compromise thought systems that are completely contradictory, mutually exclusive, and diametrically opposed. They'll never work. Oh yeah, limitation is real, lack is real, and then there's only perfect love. There's only perfect, <laughs> but that's at the absolute level. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I get it. The, the, because of the power of the mind, whatever it is that we believe, we seem to perceive. So I'm not denying that, you know, subjectivity seems to subjectively experience that which it believes is possible. Of course it does, but only because it wants to experience that. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Nobody's a victim. We're all the same mind. And if we treat each other as less than that and relate to smallness, we're relating to nothing. Wow. Yeah, that was good, man. So what is this possible? You know, what's what's possible? What do we have to believe <laughs> that is possible here? Love is possible. Love is the only possibility. Amen. Yes. Love is the only reality. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so beautiful? When it is. When you reach that realization, it's like, wow, this is all about love. It's not about yes. fear or that, that slight angst that everybody feels or competition. Like, no, this, this whole thing, this whole dream that we all are is literally love. And I know those words aren't doing it justice. You know, there's, there's no words that could do it justice. But it's like, if you know, you know. And once you know, you know. And it's so beautiful. That realization is like, it can't, it's like, that's, that is salvation in a way. Like that is liberation in a way. And it's, it's mm -hmm. liberation that's past the idea of liberation. It's so hard to explain, man. But yeah, to put it very simply, it's uh, it's all love. It's all love. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah 
Yeah, it is really important that we understand like in this context that it isn't saying like that there are there are forms or there are people or there are bodies, you know? And that it's that that's all love, right? We're saying that love is love, right? And yeah. the appearances, the 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 people thoughts, the body thoughts, the place thoughts, the thing thoughts, the situation thoughts, right? They've all been repurposed by the memory of love. They've all been retranslated yeah, by the memory of love. So in what was made to conceal is used to reveal, right? But that doesn't make it real. Ooh, that's good. That's poetry right there. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't make it special, it doesn't make it unique, and it doesn't make it worth fighting for. Form is not worth fighting for. Mm. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. We so anytime we move to defend, like, you know, a lot of times when someone hears this message, you know, there's like, there's this spiritual warrior archetype that comes out of the guilt and in the, in the ego structure, and it's like, you know, stick up for the little man kind of a thing, right? Because Andrew's coming in way too hot, way too high. Like, you know, I've got to protect these ones that aren't going to be able to handle that or whatever. Like, and there's this real, you know, there's really this stuff going on. And I completely, I passed through that same archetype. Like, you know, the only reason I can speak like this is because it's been resolved. Mm -hmm. So I understand in, in a certain sense, right? But I also understand that it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And that underneath that idea that we're protecting others, yeah, is a tremendous sense of guilt and uh, indebtedness, guilt-based indebtedness, right? a sense of needing to make up for a sense of needing to prove a sense of 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 needing to show that we really are okay that we really are not bad that we're really good you know well, we don't have to prove that we'll never be good as people we'll never be good enough as as persons and, Our goodness is only the goodness of God. That's why when Jesus was asked, you know, he, someone said, hey, you know, Jesus, you're, you're great. You're good. You're, you're he said, why do you call me good? Mm. There's only one that is good. And that's God? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason why good and God is it's only separated by one letter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everything's a symbol. Exactly. That's it. In, yeah. you know. So that doesn't negate us striving for a sense of goodness in our lives, though, right? No. It, it, I mean, in a certain sense, it does negate the striving part. Because what we're saying is that you're inherently innocence. Yeah. You're already the beloved son. You're already the beloved self in whom 
the creator is well pleased. You, you, you can't make that happen. And nothing you, you believe that you've ever done could take it away. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm. On the other side of that coin, that doesn't also mean go and commit atrocities as well. It's not even a point of consideration. I mean, we don't even need to address that. You can't commit an atrocity. Nobody has ever committed an atrocity and they can't. Mm. That's tough. I mean, I understand where I understand where you're coming from. That's a tough one to say. That's pretty heavy, but I get it. I know what you're saying. Like all inherently we're all pure. And there's nothing that in this phenomenal plane one can do to taint that pureness. If anyone has committed an atrocity, everyone has. And if everyone has, then God is dead and love isn't real. Holy shit, that's good, man. <laughs> that's good. Wow. I like that. Wow. <laughs> You're something else, man. I really like your, your, your style. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not I'm not just saying that just to, you know, just to fluff you up. I think that's good. <laughs> I spoke I've spoken to a lot of people and that's that's some real shit. I like that. Yeah, man. I don't even know where to go from here. Well, I think one one of the first questions you asked was like, what I what I, what I'm sort of getting now is from the feel of it was like, how does this show up? Like, how does devotion show up? Like, practically speaking. Yeah, let's take it down a notch. Oh, you want to come a little? Yeah. All right. So, practically speaking, I said this is everything. Nandal devotion is everything because it is everything, and 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 that means even on a practical level, it's everything. Now, you know that we've got all kinds of ideas about leaving stuff behind, not doing certain things, doing other things, you know, all of our little recipes to try to be as spiritual as possible, to try to impress God, to try to prove we're worthy, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. The sacrifice is the main idea mm-hmm. in, in the ego's uh, spiritual drama, right? As long as it has the sacrifice idea, it's all good, you know, strive, work hard, but just believe that you have to sacrifice, right? in order to realize the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just believe in sacrifice. That's all the ego is, is the belief in sacrifice. So in this sense, we're turning over that belief in sacrifice, right? And turning over or giving over is different from giving up. So let's look at the difference between giving up and giving over, right? I give everything over to the spirit in my mind, the corrective principle in my mind, right? To retranslate it and repurpose it for me, that what I made to hurt myself will be used to heal myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm willing to be wrong about all of these interpretations, all of these assumptions, all of these conclusions, right? Everything that starts with the fundamental premise of individuation or differentiation. I'm willing to be wrong about it. Am I going to go straight to the to the core of that? Uh, no, it's not going to seem like that at first, right? We're going to seem to start on a more surface level. Yeah. But that's where the mind training is. It seems to start on a more surface level, and then we work our way back. We work our way back to the beginning. This is This is about going back to where time started 
in our mind. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in that sense, we're all time travelers. We're going back to the beginning to see, right? That original instant where we believed that it, the impossible was possible and accept correction and to see that it's impossible. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that is transmutation because you speak a lot about that, right? Was that I speak a lot about transmutation, yes, and uh, forgiveness. We could say that, yes, it is accomplished through the choosing of the spirit in our mind, which then accomplishes for us true forgiveness and true transmutation. Uh -huh. So we make the decision yeah, through willingness, right? Willingness is is the key. Yeah. Yeah. What do I really want? Like we really want the truth, man. It's not about anything else. Like it's not about being seen by others. It's not about being seen as spiritual. It's not about, you know, anything. It's not about any of these relationships with bodies. It's not about any of this other stuff. It's not about anything other than the truth, our relationship with God and everything that seems to be there, all the relationships with bodies and all the other things can become a part of the service to that. But let's get really clear about what it's about. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we all want the same thing. We don't have different interests, separate interests, right? Mm -hmm. That's just a, that's just a mask. That's just a, a smoke screen. Yeah. Because then you might want what I want. You might not. Maybe what you want is going to get in the way of what I want. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're at odds immediately with that thought system. And it's just nonsense. Right. But saying it's nonsense, saying it's not there, saying it's an illusion, saying it's impossible, isn't going to do the trick. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our mind is powerful. We already believed in it. Yeah. 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 Okay, so there's already what seems to be this concealed vibration, this concealed thought system, this, you know, um, guilt, this fear, this this hatred, and all of these form associations, right? All of it's nothing, but we have to see that it's nothing through allowing that sense that it's something to come up to the surface so that it can be revealed as nothing by the Spirit. And that's true forgiveness. That's true transmutation. Yeah, and it's only through the spirit, right? It's almost like only through that submission to the spirit. Yeah, yeah it's it's submission. It, is that the right word? I don't know. Well, submission is a classic. That's like a classic term, right? In in terms of like even you know, in all spiritual traditions, like there is a certain. I think submission can has negative connotations as well. Obviously, in terms of like you know being submissive to uh, an authority figure or something like that and you know there's a lot of male female residue and you know guilt associations and stuff like that maybe surrender um surrender's perfect yeah um and it's really a decision so i think we could switch from submission to decision mm -hmm. right it's a decision to receive the radical grace that's already been given uh -huh. and not to say that we know better because in every instant when we're saying, oh, I'm guilty for this, or, you know, I need to do this to, to get this, or I need to, you know, change this to, to, to be more of this, right? We're saying we know better. Mm -hmm. We don't know any better. And we don't know better. <laughs> uh huh. And that gets back to the, for me, at least that, that sparks the what if. It's like, we think we know better. That's that right. Luciferian what if. We think yeah. we're, we're God. 
Exactly. And that's in every moment of our lives, every choice that we can make. It's that way. Every choice, every moment. That's why you hear, you know, we talk about the, there's only, the, the only decision is between love and fear. And that can, you know, that can hit like a more mainstream sort of artery there and, and, and flood out and be like, oh yeah, love, fear, you know, that's great. When Let's choose love, you know, not fear. But it's like, do we really even know what we're talking about? When we're just saying that on a superficial level like this is this is this is every like this is all that there is like we're talking about the disappearance of the universe we're talking about the 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 correction of of the entire projection of of multiplicity for the whole sonship we're talking about taking responsibility and bringing all of our brothers and sisters back to the truth of what they are with us right it is a holy endeavor that has been given to you because you are trustworthy and you cannot fail. You will not fail mm -hmm. because failure is impossible for what you are, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what Jesus is saying to us, right? This is, and Jesus is not some historical figure back then, you know, Jesus is a, is a name that was attached to a body, right? But now it doesn't, it, 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 it represents a, a symbolic, memory in our mind of the truth of what we are right the things that i do even greater things you shall do yeah these things and even greater things you shall do right he said so he is us we are jesus right the mind that woke up to the truth of itself through jesus realized that it was the christ right is the same mind that's in you right now it's the same mind that i'm speaking to and speaking from So we get clear on that, right? But but do we just say, okay, I'm clear on that? <laughs> like the miracle's right here. So yes, if you're watching this and you can feel it, it takes no time. In every instant, you can accept it and that's it. Right? I'm not throwing out process stuff and saying, oh, it's going to take a while and this, that, and the other. No, no, no. Listen, we're about collapsing time here. Miracles are not only, you know, possible within the realm of impossible possibilities. I mean, they're still illusions, but they're corrective illusions. Mm. Yeah. And they're what has already been given to us and are all around right here. So when we come to this point and we see it, and, and this is often... A, a gradual process in the sense that we're being shown what we do want, what we don't want, what we do want, what we don't want. Every day, this is the the classroom, right? This is the, this is what, you know, this is earth school. This is what the, the whole thing's about, right? First, you got to get clear on what you want. So you're going to, Holy Spirit's going to help you see a little bit of what you don't want and a little bit of what you do want, mm -hmm. right? Here's a little of what you don't want, okay? I see I don't want that. Here's what you do want. Oh, yeah, I do want that. All right. But maybe. <laughs> all right. So we go back and forth, right? And this training, it's a training yeah, to get really clear on what we want. Yeah. And then as that clarity of desire, yeah, shines forth, right? Our desire is purified. Our desire is realized. Our, our heart's deepest desire right, is realized to be for the revealment of the truth of what we are, yeah, mm -hmm. the revealment of the truth. 
of our holiness. Yeah. So that means that the the what if desire, right, the desire for something more than everything, yeah, is being seen as undesirable, right? Uh -huh. I don't want something more than everything. I thought I did, but I was mistaken. I was wrong. Thank God. Thank God. I don't want to try to prove that something more than everything is going to work. I don't want to try to make it spiritual either. That's another popular thing. Mm -hmm. God did not create this world. All right. Trying to spiritualize this world, make it spiritual, is going nowhere. Huh? Mm. It doesn't mean we're bashing it, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's the ego's interpretation. You know, I point out that it's a world of madness and that uh, <laughs> that it was made, you know, to, to conceal guilt. And it's like, we're offended, right? Why are we offended? Because we believe we made it. That's why we're offended. Yeah. Yeah, we believe that our creation is being put down, but it's not a creation. It's a misimagination or it's an imagination. There's no misimagining because there's no real imagining, right? Imaginings are imaginings, <laughs> but we can just say that it's a miscreation. It's a misthought, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't need our protection, right? That's the ego rising up in us, right? To protect what isn't there. Because it sees love as a threat. It sees this thought system as a threat, right? And that's a, that's a part of listening to these talks, right? To extract that, right? Mm. You know, I, I, if you're not feeling some hatred for me or some, you know, projected onto me or whatever, then maybe I'm not doing my job because there's, <laughs> there's more than likely, and I'm not, you know, just talking about you here, but it's a playful way of pointing out that this stuff has got to come up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But can we take responsibility when it does? Right. Mm -hmm. Can I see it's not Andrew, it's not Jesus, it's not these, you know, it's not whatever, whoever it is, you know, because the who is irrelevant, really. <laughs> it's not about the messenger, man. <laughs> Forget about me. Mm -hmm. As Andrew, remember the truth of me as yourself. Right. Jesus is saying the same thing. Jesus doesn't want to be remembered. I promise. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, all right, that's fine. A symbol, helpful symbol for a while, but only so you'll forget eventually. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I can't remember what I was saying there, but. I don't remember either, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, the willingness to look, right? The willingness to look at what's arising and to accept correction for it you know it's in it's in my mind right where is this anger coming up where is this where is this hatred coming up where is this guilt coming up right yeah here mm -hmm. where is the thought that it has something to do with something on a screen here so the problem's not out there Thank God, because that would mean the solutions out there. That would mean that Andrew needs to change or something out there needs to change. Mm -hmm. yeah. But nothing out there needs to change. Yep. When I don't remove the problem from my mind, then I don't remove the solution from my mind. But the second that I remove the problem from my mind, I remove the solution from my mind. Mm. And I'm stuck. You know? mm -hmm. Because now the world needs to be different. <laughs> yeah, right. That's desire, 
right? That's yeah. clinging. That's attachment. It's just a, this needs to be different from how it is. That's how we got in this whole calamity of right. this chaotic world. It's the striving to be different. The what if, getting back to that, it's the what if. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff, man. It's all perfect, though. It is. It is. I mean, the thing, the, this, is the, this is the core of the understanding is that it never happened. We didn't accomplish what we believe we did. The world isn't here. If we think that we actually did it and now we have to undo it, that's the guilt. That's the ego story, right? Mm. The what is thought is the memory that it didn't happen. It didn't occur. That's the Holy Spirit. But it's not just saying it didn't occur. It's looking in each instant at what's arising that suggests that it did occur or is occurring. Yeah. Right. That means even the slightest, you know, the, the term slight means nothing in the end because any disturbance or irritation or upset in my mind, right? Yeah. Is, a, is me rebelieving in the impossible. Wow. So there's going to be a lot of surfacing in this process. There's going to be a lot of stuff that was buried underneath that's going to come up. Yeah. And I'm not saying that when it comes up, it's not going to feel very serious. It's not going to seem to have associations with past formations because it will, because that's, that's the way that it was set up. Right. But I'm saying that those associations with past formations are just for forgiveness and forgiveness means Accepting correction for the perception that something took place that didn't take place. <clears throat> mm. mm -hmm. And what's underneath that, yeah, is this tiny mad belief that I attacked God, that I left love, right? Yeah. And the only reason that I'm angry is because I believe that I actually accomplished it. You know? Have you ever seen a toddler like... um or, or just in general, I mean, we don't have to look at toddlers. Toddlers and 50-year-olds are the same in this understanding. I mean, we're all the same age, so it doesn't make any difference. But at any point where we feel like we messed something up and then we are we're just so angry because we believe we messed it up, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so imagine that on a, on a metaphysical, ontological level, right? self-hatred for believing we messed up the only real relationship that could ever be <laughs> and then microcosmically we could say that seems to be acted out or 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 presented as a, oh i'm i'm angry because i messed up my relationship with my girlfriend <laughs> or whatever right it's just reliving the same thing over and over and over again right and of course we want to blame we want to you know and and that's not really us but it's this deceived state of mind where we're, we're believing that we are something that we're not. And that's a decision. So when our desire is purified and, and we, and, and I'm not talking about some, you know, purification in time, it's, it's a purification in mind. Yeah. And as I said before, it's, it's simple, it's clear, and it's, it's very much within the realm of miracles. So as we come to see what it is that we, <clears throat> what it is we really want, yeah, then this transforms everything because perception is a wish fulfilled, right? 
So anytime I think that I see lack of love anywhere in anyone, like if I, if I think I see lack of love in my girlfriend or my parents or at, at work or, or on the, on the, on the TV or on YouTube, you know, if I think I see lack of love, that's my perceptual problem. I'm, I'm hallucinating. I'm seeing something that's not there. If I was seeing truly with the Holy Spirit, I would just see a call for love, mm -hmm. not lack of love. Like lack of love seems to demand punishment. It seems to 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 be the 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 reason for judgment. Right? Mm -hmm. Look what you did. Look what you're doing. And look how I believe that you could have done something different. That's what we're saying. Look how I believe that you could be different. Right? It doesn't matter if it's Hitler or whatever else, right? As long as I see evil out there, I'm good. That's the ego's delusional deception, right? That we believed, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Because we all believe that we have a dank, dark, evil self that attacked God, right? And then tried to replace God with a world of imaginary forms. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to go and look at that thing because we think that it's really there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This devotion seems like um, the opposite to condemnation. Mm -hmm. Well, all condemnation is self-condemnation. All accusation is self-accusation, right? Whenever we accuse each other of doing or saying anything right which is why doing and saying were made remember i told you that's what the bodies were made for you got to have something to put it on right you need a body okay right and that body's also got to be able to offer you certain pleasures right certain things that you want right yeah you got your own space spatial area and you you know can possess things as a body this is my money, that's yours, my room, that's yours, you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay. We anytime we think we possess anything, we disown everything. Mm -hmm. Possession is impossible. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Having is being. We only we only have what we are, and we can't lose it because it's what we are but the dream is the belief that we lost it yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow <sighs> it's like there's nothing to lose <laughs> loss is impossible that's correct yes but this is a dream that seems to give us evidence that loss is possible so you have to understand like yeah. everything that we seem to, to to see and hear right in wrong-minded perception right? Seems to testify to the possibility of loss, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So a body getting cancer, right? Huh? I mean, just a body in general, if we think that there's a body, right? If we believe that bodies are there and they were created by God, that is the belief in loss. Yeah. Now, all perception has been repurposed and retranslated. So now the body is a communication device in right-minded perception when we choose 
the spirit, when we choose holiness, right? When we choose the healing of the mind. Hmm. Yeah, because there's no other choice, right? We, I mean, we're here now. The body is a phenomena. There's me, there's my body, there's your body, there's the listener's body. So it's like, you know, we kind of, we have to reap what we sowed at this point. So how do we sow? We sow through uh, taking the responsibility for ourselves and really what we all did. We, it's like we, we did this to ourselves. So I guess the act of um, negating that condemnation is an act of um, instilling a sense of responsibility for what we did. What you're saying is so beautiful, right? Because um, even Jesus says that, that this is the secret of salvation. I have done this unto myself. Um, and, and, and that is the key. Responsibility is everything, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's also understanding more and more uh, and, and choosing to see, right, that what we thought we did, we didn't do, right? So how else, yeah. and in A Course in Miracles, Jesus says, how else can you find joy in a joyless place except by realizing that you are not there, right? Mm -hmm. So I have no sense of being in a room right now. I have no sense of being on earth. I have no sense of being in a body, right? right? All of these are ideas in my mind. And this is a lived experience that we come to through true forgiveness and transmutation. When we accept correction, when we take responsibility, when we want truth above all else, right? When we see that's what we want. Then our every waking moment, every sleeping moment, whatever, they're all the same. And it's, it's just one moment yeah, is dedicated to this, right? It's about accepting correction receiving the gift of grace that's already been given, right? Mm. And looking at everything that seems to suggest any kind of limitation, separation, or lack with the spirit in our mind. That's very, very key, you know? Mm. And that's non-dual devotion. That's non-dual devotion, yes. There it is, man. And that's also, so Nandal devotion has like four pillars that have been like the sort of main point of reference in the, in the context of the teaching. Now, you know, everything is really sort of very, very blended and, and, or, or in, in, in this sense, synonymous with the thought system of A Course in Miracles that is put forward by Jesus. But I didn't actually uh, come back around to the course until, until more recently. Yeah. And uh, through that, you know, there's been this uh, culmination of of uh, of understanding, we might say, and and uh, and and reowning of of what I previously referred to as the whim or this what if thought, right? On um, what we could call a cosmic scale, which is always it's always cosmic. So whenever we re we're taking responsibility. Uh, in reference to, you know, someone cutting us off in line or whatever, it's the same thing. It's always cosmic. It's always a cosmic affair. So don't, you know, have this, we have this tendency to think, oh man, what is Andrew talking about? That's like so far away from me. I don't know. I'm not there yet or whatever. Um, no, 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 no. Look, it's, 
Andrew was a seemingly busted down, broken, train wreck junkie in the dream of this incarnation. That was the story of Andrew on Andrew's terms, right? Mm -hmm. And then this grace yeah, that is already here. Uh, enabled a shift in perception through a miracle and I accepted correction and took responsibility in the way that I could take responsibility at that seeming point, right? And then have just been guided by the Spirit, right? Through this process of accepting responsibility and looking at everything, exposing everything, right? Yeah. And it is possible for anyone. It does not matter about your past. doesn't matter what it is that the ego tells you that you've done. I don't believe that I was ever a drug addict. I don't believe I ever did drugs because I don't have any sense that I was ever born or I've ever been inside of a body, right? Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it is, a, it is in the Holy Spirit's hands a demonstration of how all this nonsense about you know, these rules and regulations and ideas we have about, of, about enlightenment, awakening, and spirituality and whatever else, you know, they mean nothing in the light of this radical grace, right? We are all the same. Nobody's different, right? It doesn't matter if you eat celery for 50 years and someone else has eaten a half a cow a day, right? It's, it's the mind that matters, not all these magical associations with form that we have thinking that we're going to, you know, I don't know, whatever. It's just a big competition comparison game. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Who's who's, you know, more spiritual than who? <laughs> yeah. Who's, you know? Mm -hmm. wh wh whatever. Like that's not what we want. Nobody wants that. Mm -mm. We want to see that we're all the same, but not all the same in form. We're not trying to say, "Okay, here's inclusivity. We're all the same in form." Yeah. That's never <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. Here's the sameness of the form. It's all an illusion <laughs> and it's all meaningless. Yeah, it is all the same. <laughs> it's all a meaningless illusion. Now, when I say meaningless, you know, someone, watch out now. No, it's, we have to see that it's meaningless so that the true meaning can start to come in, mm. right? The meaning that we made is, is, is meaningless, <laughs> right? And the meaning that the spirit has given it is in purpose, which is shared. Well, well my point is, it doesn't matter what we think of ourselves, you know, all these categorizations and differentiations and, and, and splits in the mind don't mean anything in the light of the miracle. And the miracle is right here, right? And it's for you. It's for everyone. It's for the one that you are right now. Yeah. When we're willing to be wrong. Powerful man. The miracle is now. Yeah. I think we can probably wrap it up at that note, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, that's good. The miracle is now. The redemption story is now, you know? I feel like that's what you just described in, in yourself, is, is the uh, the idea of Andrew, the story of Andrew. Like, it's there seems to be in that grace is a sense of redemption. And I think we're all, we're all um, capable of that redemption. We're all worthy of that sense of redemption. And the redemption is now, the miracle is now. It's beautiful.
Beautiful, man. Well, uh, yeah, do you have any uh, last words? Do you have anything you want to say or is, is that it? We'll keep it at that. That is. Mm. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate you coming on here, sharing your wisdom, time, effort, energy with me and anybody that has listened this long. Um, keep doing your thing, man. Keep doing your thing. That's all I got to say. Keep on keeping on because this, uh, this is wonderful. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Hey, you too, brother. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, it's been a real privilege to um, join with you and, and share in, in what's always ours. <laughs> Amen to that. All right, man. Peace.